two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. What's up, the K FKTC crew? We are back. Holy smokes, it's been a while since we've had a podcast. I was gonna Hello. ask you, I was gonna ask you how you're doing, Laurel, but you kind of showed me today how you're doing. <laughs> I had a little incident at class last night. Tell us, <laughs> tell us of your incident. Well, if you want to see the picture, you can go on my, my Twitter, but um, I fractured my toe last night. Not just any fracture, it's an oblique fracture, which is at an angle. So that's, that's kind of normal for a toe fracture, but it's like all the way through. So when I push on the bottom of my foot, I can feel and hear the two bones click against each other. <laughs> Yikes. <sighs> yeah, so I'm out. I'm in a I'm in a shoe. A shoe. Yep. Still doesn't keep the bone from moving. Right. So I've been wrapping the toe tightly, but not too tight. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in a shoe. So and tonight I'm icing. You you what? I'm icing. Oh, you're icing. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. I believe you told me before we were on you hurt your toe doing trying to not escape performing a knee slice. Yeah. So we were doing it was even drilling. Well, no, it was live rolling, but after we drilled, but um after I got into my headquarters position, I did a fairly forceful knee slice because I was rolling against guys. So you have to go harder. Mm -hmm. And just that pushing off motion with the, with the leg that's kind of your post. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's the leg I did it with. That's the, that's the toe. Oh, but it's wow. weird because it's my ring ring toe. So it's um, like that fourth toe. Okay. Not a big toe or anything. It's a ring toe. So okay. it's just kind of odd. When I went into the doctor, of course, he's like, oh, hi, nice to see you again. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, my God, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know if I broke it first. I thought maybe it was just some ligaments. So I went ahead and continued rolling and everything uh -huh. and then probably like the last 15 minutes of class I'm like eh, maybe something doesn't feel right because when I would walk on my foot uh -huh. those bones would be clicking 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 right and it didn't really hurt badly until today yeah all that three o'clock 
I'm gonna say I think all that adrenaline from jujitsu kind of just evaporated from your body and that's probably why you're feeling it more. Yeah, yeah. I mean I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I've broken a lot of bones, but ah kind of disappointed in this one. Yeah. So this means you're means we're not gonna see you fight next weekend. No, nope. (laughs) I'm canceled my fight with Juliana Pena. So there you go. I didn't realize they had a challenger for Pena already. I yeah, not much of a challenger, but (laughs) oh good. Um that's kind of it's been a long, very long time. So now we all know that we shouldn't be on hiatus for very long because things like this happen. Mm-hmm. But not our fault because there weren't a whole lot, there wasn't a whole lot that happened between Christmas, New Year's, lots of fight news. They're getting ready for the first quarter of 2022 for sure. Mm. Yes. Yeah. We shall see what happens. We shall see. Um, I was uneventful because our Denver Broncos. Ugh. God. Yeah. Kill me now. <laughs> Kill no, me now. But the good news is, is that we're going to be getting a new head coach. Well, that is good news. <laughs> so, with the season over, now get ready for some MMA action. Um, And there actually is a question about that that we'll be talking about in a little bit. But but before we go over the first card of the year, shall we inform Hmm. the listeners of our record after 2021 since we didn't get to recap Lewis versus Dawkins? We shall. So it's still close. You are 20 and 22. And I am 22 and 20. Ah, not much. So it's about the same from when we were last on. Maybe about except we we each gained one and lost one. That's right. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Huh. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. (laughs) We have what? We're neck and neck. Yeah. With what? What? Seven months left to go. Yeah. Roughly. So. Just just about that. All right. So should be close from here on out. So with that being said, we are going to go over UFC Vegas 46 predictions, which I found out just now that this is the 200th UFC fight night card, if I'm not mistaken. So that wow. is cause for celebration. So that's some the shit there. Yeah, the fight night cards are almost caught up with the pay per view numbers. Just need to get nice. se- about seventy more in there, and then you're set. Um, <laughs> so we'll do that. We do have two Twitter form questions, no voice questions this week. Um, wow, I know it's crazy. I think because we were gone for so long, everyone's like, oh, oh, who are those people? <laughs> right <laughs> and then we have our MMA awards 
or, or the FKTC awards, it's called call them that. Nice. Um, now to remember, I do an, I wanted to add one more. I wanted to add comeback of the year because there's one in my mind I'm thinking about that was craziness. Um, but with that being said, you ready to get into UFC Vegas 46 main card prediction? Mm-hmm. Right. So our first fight on you the throws card, up. I'm still here. Yeah. Okay, I see you. Hey. <laughs> oh, my connection's in, unstable. Oh, no. Right. I'm back. <laughs> okay. She is back. Um, our first fight is Bell Aligo versus Joe Anderson Brito. A little bit of backstory. Brito is making his UFC debut. This is apparently his second career pro, his second career fight at the, at the pro level. Can't speak. Aligo lands about 6.37 significant strikes a minute. But Brito does not absorb many. He absorbs less than two per minute. Um, and wow. he is a great, yeah, he's a great grappler. He was, uh, Brito, if I remember correctly, was on the Dana White Contender Series. Um, he fought to, I think it was a technical decision. It was one of those weird moments that happened that they had to stop the fight early. But they had, enough of the fight had happened. Like, let's just take it to a decision. And he won on the scorecards. But apparently Dana White was impressed enough, despite the technical decision, like, hey, you know what, let's bring you on and see what, see what you got. So this will nice. be, yeah, so this will be his, this technically will be his UFC debut in a sense. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, I this one was hard. It was Because there's not a lot of information on either fighter. Mm-hmm. So no clue. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not... I mean, the numbers of all the strikes and the grappling can only tell you so much. Like, for this one, you like, have to right. like, really go deep and dive into it. But from what I've... When I saw from Brito is that he likes to do ground control, like, control you from the top and, like, his opponent, I wish I could remember the name of his opponent, but he had him pressed up against the cage and was just trying to rest, not, I guess not wrestle his way, try to like throw some strikes here and there. But other than mm-hmm. that, like there wasn't, like I feel like once I see him a little bit more, it'll be a little bit easier to foresee, it'll be a little bit easier to get an idea of what he is capable of. Sure. So. Sure. I kind of have faith in him just to see what he can do. I mean, from the limited amount of tape I saw from him, he looks really impressive. Mm-hmm. And the fact mm-hmm. that he doesn't absorb many strikes and grapplers are usually better than grapplers. It's a good battle between a grappler and a striker. And usually it goes 50-50 depending on how you look at it. But I'm going to go the grappler route and I'm going to say Brito wins his UFC debut by decision. I couldn't agree more. I actually looked at a little bit of Algeal's film. It wasn't like really impressive. And then you have a guy that's coming in and trying to prove himself. And just looking at those stats as well, 
Um, I I agree that Brito is probably the the guy to go with here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe he could be our first fighter to watch for 2022. Ooh, maybe. So see how it goes. With uh, a name like Joey Anderson. Yeah, that's, that's like a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if the mom wanted a girl. You're right. Ooh. I know. Mind blown. I know. <laughs> oh. But let's see what Joe Anderson Brito can do and let's just hope for a good fight. Yeah. Um, let's hope for a year of good fights. Yes, a year of good fights. 2021 was pretty impressive, but uh, the fans always anticipate more when it comes to the following year. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our next fight between Jake Collier, excuse me, versus Chase Sherman, um, a heavyweight bout. Both fighters are coming off losses. Actually, both of them are coming off two fight losing streaks. Um, I'm a little surprised at the odds on this one. What are the odds on this one? Well, they're ha- they uh, the the odds people whoever they are, have Collier as a favorite. Not by much, but he's a favorite. And just looking at fight film, I just I just really feel like Sherman's just a better fighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's much more ac- um, active in the ring. He's more um, accurate as far as his strikes. I just think he's more aggressive and mm-hmm. I like Collier. I think he's a he's a good fighter, but I just think that he's kind of methodical and and uh, has a real chance to get get beat up <laughs> in this one. Nice subtle way to put it. Yes, of course. <laughs> I could have said murdered or something, but <laughs> everyone says that. But I didn't. <laughs> no. So I take it you're taking Chase Sherman to win this Sherman. one. Sherman. Yeah, I am. I'm going against the odds okay. on this one, but I am going with him. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I actually agree with you on this one. I also have Chase Sherman winning. Um, what a lot of people fail to recognize is that he does have some scary knockout power. Um, mm-hmm. There was one fight in particular, I think it was 2020 that I saw of him. He just like flatlined a guy. Maybe it was, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember who it is. But I, I just remember seeing him fight in 2020 and man, he like completely dominated the dude. To the fact where he just I think it was just like a couple punches and he was like flat on the ground so a lot of people I'm really surprised at the betting odds despite it being like very very slight I would think those mm-hmm. very very slight numbers would go towards Chase Sherman and not Jake Collier because Collier and himself is 
I think the fact that he's not as active as most of the heavyweights that I've seen kind of puts him at a disadvantage because I see, mm-hmm. I feel like the more active you are at heavyweight, the better chances you have. Like we've seen many pro fighters. Um, Tai Tuavasa is one of them. Like he hit a slump early on and then once he started picking up, becoming more active, he's becoming the, he potentially is becoming the superstar that we're seeing today. Actually more on him later because right. <laughs> some fi- some news with him. Um, I just think with Sherman being the more active fighter, I think he has a better chance. And so I have Sherman winning it. Um, I've got it by TKO in the second round. Yeah, I mean, even even if it were to go all three rounds, mm-hmm. um, I I st- I think, and I think it will, but um, he'll just win by number of punches he throws. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and their significance, of course, but they'll mm-hmm. just throw a higher number of punches. I think. Definitely. Um, I think so too. Um, our next fight um, could very well be in contention for fight of the night, depending on how the main event goes. Uh, Brandon Royval yeah. versus Rogerio Bontorin. I'm White excited Bay. about this one. Oh, yeah. Why don't you lead it mm. off then? Oh, well, thank you. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> These two are like fierce grapplers. I'm so excited about seeing some ground game that's really um, intense and active. I think that I think it's I think that um, Montorin, is that how you pronounce it? Montorin. Uh, Montorin yep, is maybe a little bit better striker. But I think Royval um, is a better grappler, and he's a more active grappler. They're both active, but I think of the two, if you had to look at them side by side, you'd think, even if you knew nothing about grappling, you'd think that Royval would be the be the guy that that can pull it off. Oh yeah. I like it. I think that Royval is going to win. I think they'll both take it to the ground right away. I just think that that Royval has a little bit better technique and he's faster. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, interesting. I actually was just looking up Royval's status. Um, this is only this is despite him being I think he's number five in the world. Mm-hmm. At, at UFC flyweight, he's only had four UFC fights up to this point. So it's very interesting at how high he has climbed the ladder in the men's flyweight division. Granted, mm-hmm. great, granted though, there's not a whole lot, it's not a whole lot of flyweight fighters anymore, which I'm kind of surprised about. Um, he started right. off, he started off beating, excuse me. Tim Elliott in his UFC debut, and then he beat uh, Kai Car France um, was his last victory, but he has kind of been on a slump. He's lost two in a row. 
of course, both are against um, his first loss in the UFC came to the current flyweight champion, Brandon Moreno, and then his other loss came against probably the number one contender in Alexander Pantoja. So no, no shame in losing those two fights. Um, Rosario Bontorin, I, I feel like I've heard his name before, but it's just something that just, it doesn't ring a bell with me for some odd um, He has, and I wrote down, he has quietly entered the top 10. Like he's number seven in the UFC flyweight rankings. Like, mm-hmm. why, have I not, why have I not heard this guy before? So I definitely agree that this could be a very good grappling matchup. Um, and I mistakenly wrote on my notes for Roy Val, Roy Val that his only loss in the UFC was Brandon Moreno. I totally forgot the Pantoja fight. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, <laughs> it's only been the first episode of 2022 and I already goofed. <laughs> Dang it. You're oh, fired. Well. Yeah, I'm going to leave now. Bye. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Um, With that said, I think the winner of this fight could very well be in contention for the next contender for the belts, although the person might have to wait for one more fight because I'm pretty sure Pantoja is going to get the winner of Moreno versus Figgy three, which is set to happen next weekend, actually. So okay. Mm-hmm. So I think the winner of this one will probably have to fight, maybe like a Kai Carfront if he doesn't have a fight set up, or someone in like that top five status. But with that mm-hmm. being said, I think Royval has all the tools to rebound after two tough losses, and I think he gets it done. Um, and I know you mentioned that they're both grapplers, so I think it gets done via a grapple and think Corval submits them late in round three. Nice. I will record your pick. All right. <laughs> We're even so far, right? We, we picked the same three. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. This well, is going to be where we separate, I think. I think so, too. Uh, uh-huh. our, our co-main event was supposed to be um, Michelle Pereira, but his opponent, at, I don't know if it was his opponent that pulled out or he pulled out because of, I think his opponent pulled out due to, I want to say it was like a COVID protocol from what I understand. So mm-hmm. with that being said, our co-main event is between two former women's flyweight title challengers Caitlin Jugigian versus Jennifer Maya, the rematch. Uh-huh. Whoa. Yep, a rematch of a fight that took place November of 2019, and that one, Caitlin won via unanimous decision. I, I'm kind of, I'm so torn on this fight, but because I think Jugigian I can never pronounce her name. Chuk Kagian. Is, is is probably probably gonna win it, but I can't get out of my mind how Maya hung with Valentina Shishbenko. Sh- <laughs> I can't <laughs> pronounce that either. Shevchenko. 
shit giggle. I cannot get out of my mind how she went all rounds with Valentina and just hung in there, took strikes, gave strikes, went on the ground, back up off the ground. And I just, she has, in my opinion, something inside her that is just, she has a winning mentality. And I, I think that, that uh, Caitlin has that too. I just feel like this is Maya's time. Very interesting. So I take it you're going with Jennifer Maya on this one? I think I am. I think I'm going to go for it. Okay. Be a hard fought decision or does, or is it a finish? I think it's a hard fought decision. All right. I agree with that. Um, so let's see. I wrote down a lot of notes for this fight because this is actually, this is actually a very interesting fight. Um, so as far as Caitlin Jugagian is concerned, and if you have seen on Twitter, you've seen that my profile picture has changed to when I got to meet Caitlin Jugagian in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, no one will be able to see it, but I'm wearing the blonde fighter shirt for this podcast. Um, <laughs> since her, <laughs> since her, oh, that, her title fight against Valentina was rough. And that was the last, no, it wasn't the last pay-per-view. It was the second to last pay-per-view before the pandemic hit. But uh, Jugagian just, she she tried all these crazy submissions, but Valentina just fought all of them off. And yeah. she was able to, able to like put her in the like crucifix position and just rain elbows down all day. Hold that thought. But since then, Jugain has won three of her past four fights. Her only loss coming to Jessica Andrade, which kind of is kind of under, is understandable. Um, Maya's coming off of a battle with Jessica I in the fight where Jessica I grew a third eye. Um, <laughs> And I agree with you on Jennifer Maya. Maya is actually since 2019, when Valentina fought Liz Carmouche, Maya is the only fighter to have taken Valentina's distance. And there are some, actually, there was belief, especially on the scorecards, that Maya even took a round from Valentina. I think it was that second round, I believe, was when that happened. Mm -hmm. So Maya's definitely no pushover. Um, I believe she's an, a former Invicta champion as well. So that makes sense. Um, it's so weird because the women's flyweight division is in such a weird state right now because Valentina has basically beaten everyone that's behind her, basically. She's beaten Jugagian, she's beaten Andrade, she just beat Murphy, she's beaten Maya. At this point, it's who's left, basically. Mm -hmm. um, although I, I will put out a bold prediction right here, right now. I think Valentina's gonna go go for double champ status this year. 
That would be freaking awesome. Yeah, I think she, I think she can, especially with Julian. I I barely am certain. Although it will ha- all depend if Pena wins the rematch with Nunez. I think Valentina mm-hmm. then goes for the. So I I predict by the end of 2022 that Valentina Shevchenko will go for double champ status. Nice. With that said, um, can Maya make the adjustments from the first fights? I think she can. I, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that she can. Um, I have a little bit of some history that can be made on Saturday, if you would love to hear it. Yes, of course. So, Kaylin Jugagian can become the first fighter in UFC history to reach. 10 octagon wins without recording a single finish. No wins by knockout, technical knockout, or submission. All 10 of those UFC victories, decision. Wow. It kind of of shows you the kind of fighter that Kaylin Jugagian is. She is more of a point fighter. She will keep her distance and throw strikes. Um, although she, I remember, I think she was actually really close to finishing Antonina Shevchenko, if I remember correctly, because she had, she showed like a grounds game that we have never seen before. And it kind of mm-hmm. opened up the blueprint on how to beat Antonina Shevchenko in a sense. Um, yeah. Of course, Valentina wasn't happy about that. Sorry. No. <laughs> Um, so will Jugagian get get a finish? I don't see it happening, um, especially since Jennifer Maya hasn't been finished in a fight since 2012. Um, wow. It's not even Valentina could finish her, and Valentina's finished almost everyone that she has faced in her title reign. Huh. So with that said, we are going to be opposite. I think Jugagian... So the way I saw it is that Shevchenko is the high tier. No one can beat her. But if you're right. looking for someone right below her, Jugagian is definitely keeping that, in a sense, number one contention area away from title challengers. Although Jugagian had said um, in a press re- on the – she did interviews on when Tuesday. No, Wednesday that she's willing to take on all challengers no matter where they're ranked. And so I think, I honestly believe if Jugagian were to get a finish against Jennifer Maya, you could kind of make a case for her potentially, potentially getting the rematch with Shevchenko, but I don't see it happening right away. And I don't Mm -hmm. see her finishing it if, oh, oh gosh, I want to have, if Jugagian finishes Jennifer Maya, to avoid that bet, we need to come up with some kind of random thing I'm going to do on the next podcast. <laughs> Just some random thing. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not going to be a shoey, that's for sure. Um, Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Thank I'll, God. Think of, I'll think of something. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll think of something. But 
we are going to be different. I'm going to say Caitlyn Chugigian wins it by decision. But mm-hmm. leaving the door open that Chugigian does finish Maya, that will do something special for the podcast. Oh, that's that. I talked more about that fight than the first three fights combined. Um, but we get, oh. <laughs> Here's a little um, thing I came up with today. There are three things that are certain in life, Laurel. Death, taxes, and Jugagian winning by decision. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just completely came up with that today. But if On she defy if she debunks that theory, Ugh. we'll think about it. Right. But time to get to our main event in the evening. Uh, that means I have to decide. <laughs> uh, Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikizi. Did I say that right? I think so. Chikazi. 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 That sounds more right. Chickadee-dee-dee. I just pronounced it chickadee-dee-dee. Yeah, I think we did that earlier this season (laughs) or this in 2021 we did that because he did have a main event fight earlier. Yeah, I mean, there's a a couple different kinds of chickadees, so. I think that's how I said I think I said chickadee. (laughs) Chickadee. So chickadee. We'll go with that. Um. Mm -hmm. Definitely a solid main event to start the year. Um, Cater's returning after pretty much a year off. He took, I guess he took time off after, because he fought on the first card last year against Max Holloway in the main event. And of course, that is the fight that's more, that's very famous of Max Holloway shouting, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, baby. And just punching him, not even looking at him and just dodging <laughs> while he's talking to the commentary team. And then like, Bumping bump his chest like I'm the best boxer, which sad news about Hallway that he won't be fighting for the title in a couple months. But Cater is going up against a ruthless buzzsaw in Ch- <laughs> I almost said chickadee again, chickazy. <laughs> um, and Giga could very well be on the path to a title shot. Um, and this, I think this fight is going to be, if Brandon Roy Val, Roy Val's fight is not fight the night, this one is most likely going to be fight the night. Yeah, I think that this head fight has a lot of potential to be fight of the night. Um, mm-hmm. Both fighters are electric, uh, in my opinion. Cater's got a powerful jab and he... Um, has this uh, uncanny ability to throw strikes while he's he's backing up, which um, takes a lot more skill than what you what you might think. That that type of deal with Cater doing being able to do that might throw Chikadze kind of off his game a little bit. He's a very busy guy. I think he's versatile. I've, I've always had a little bit of a problem with him, though. I think that he takes too many punches and keeps his hands low. And I just really think that 
Cater tends to capitalize on that with uh, just watching his many fights. And, you know, I, I, I had trouble actually picking this fight, but I think that uh, Chikese, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, just shoot me, but um, I think that he has too much experience on Cater. I, I think that Cater's not fought anyone like Chikese. And I think that's just going to be a problem for him. So ultimately, I guess I, I'm picking picking Chikese, but if Cater wins, I wouldn't be surprised. You said Calvin Cater hasn't fought anyone like Chikese? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. I don't care who you say. <laughs> Not even Max Holloway? That's such a shot towards him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, Max Holloway is a different fighter than Chikadze. Fair enough. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much I agree with everything that you said. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, I, I don't think I can add any more to it. Um, I also have Chigazi winning this fight. Um, yeah, it's, I, I just think he is just on the war path right now. I think he's won like, I want to say this is, he's going for his ninth winner in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And so mm -hmm. I just don't see anyone stopping him unless you're someone more fit to engage with him. And like throw punches without any fear. Um, and we saw how badly Calvin Cater got pieced up by Max Holloway last year. So if if the same kind of fights can happen in this one, then when he dealt with Holloway, then I don't think it's gonna fare well for him. So I wanna go Chikese as well. Our first a good choice. Yeah, safe choice. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, only one fight is different. And oh, only different. one fight. Yep. Crazy. So either you're gonna go up by three or I'm gonna be down by one. <laughs> I'll see what happens. See how it ends up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all for UFC yeah. Vegas 46. Um, are you ready to get into the FKTC forum? Sure. All right. So we just had two Twitter questions. The first one kind of ties into our little hiatus that we covered um, or that we had. Um, and it comes from our good friend Cakes. She oh, asked, hi, Cakes. And she asks us, what do you replace MMA with when there's no fight night? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, three hours of jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
No, I don't know. I, um, shoot. I'll, I'll often watch a uh, Narcos on Saturday nights. Okay. Or, or basketball or football or, or some other sport. Or, um, actually I go down rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll watch all the Bud Crawford fights okay. or like, I'll find odd things like highlights videos, but then if you go to like MMA highlight videos, a lot of times there's these random other videos like referees versus fighters, <laughs> <laughs> YouTube videos, which always brings about a Conor McGregor cameo at, at some point in time. Or um, there's a, there's a, uh, YouTube channel called Brutal TV. Okay. And one of the one of their uh, videos is when average people challenge pro female fighters. Oh no. <laughs> Wait. Go to Rollins. <laughs> okay, I gotta ask this since you said that. Did you see yeah. the fight between Alima Lee McFarlane against that soccer mom? Oh yeah. <laughs> Like was that fight on there? Not uh, not on the video that I watched, but <laughs> I've was... seen that before. <laughs> that was that one was that one's just ingrained in my head, and I didn't realize until I think the last time I watched it. I'm like, like who is this person beating up the soccer mom? Like, oh my gosh, that is former Bellator flyweight champion Alimali McFarlane. Like whoa <laughs> nice so there we go um, what do you do what do i do um good question it really depends uh -huh. on the season um uh -huh. but if there's no sports on i would have to say i listen to podcasts um mm -hmm. But I've been during our hiatus. I've been trying to do a decent job at catching up to all the podcasts I listen to. I think I'm subscribed to definitely more than ten of them. So that takes a lot of time and effort. Um, speaking of which, shout out to Slip the Jab podcast, which is a new one I started listening to. Ooh. I listened to their I listened to their podcast Slip. today. Slip the, Slip jab. the jab. Slip oh the jab. Oh my gosh. It's a pretty good I even like the title. <laughs> um, it's ran by if I can let me see if I can pull up the names. Lena, oh sorry. And I apologize, guys, if I miss if I put your name. Ian Ep Ian E and Lino P. Those are your two hosts from Slip the Jab Podcast. Huh. Um, it was very funny because their latest episode, they <laughs> They had like a 15 minute intro where they were just talking about the most random stuff in the world and it was just glorious. Wow. And then with no with no fights, like they covered this card that we're about to have, and then they just completely went down the rabbit hole talking about various other things. It was just awesome. Nice. So I think there'll be there'll be more centered towards and may not we have fights back, but 
definitely shout out to those guys. If you're anyone listening to this podcast and for my co-host, check out Slip the Jab podcast. Love it. Love the title. I love it too. It was like very creative. Um, so podcasts I'll listen to. Um, and yeah, it just really depends what's going on. I usually try... Usually I would try to hang out with friends when there's no fight night, but obviously we're in the world we're in now, so it kind of gets challenging. A lot to figure out what I'm going to do two weekends from now, because after the Ninganu gone fight, there's no fights afterwards, or there's no fights that following weekend, at least on the UFC side. So I have to figure out what I'm going to do there. Um, Otherwise, I'm probably chatting it up on chatting up with friends or playing some Xbox or finding any other sports that are on at that time. It, it's weird because that I think it's January 28th, 29th. Um, there's no football on because there'll be the championship games and those games are played on Sunday. So it just varies. I'll probably read some too. I've been trying to get back into reading. Um, mm-hmm. So reading, cleaning, playing games. Um, maybe we'll have a music jam session where I just listen to, I just like have, I'll have my non-alcoholic beer and just listen to music. That's pretty much my weekends without fights. This varies on the season. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Although March Madness is coming up soon. I know, and I have tickets to the games. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. (laughs) First and second rounds, we always go, it's like... 18 hours of basketball or something ridiculous oh like that. That's right. Oh my gosh. I just love it. <laughs> Where are they having it? In, oh yeah, they normally have it in Nebraska, don't they? The first and second round? Um, sometimes they do. Yeah, okay. every other year. Okay. Uh, this year I'm going to um, Indiana. Indianapolis. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. I'll just look later. I'll have to see if there's any nearby. Maybe I'll try it. Although, I kind of made a pact with myself to just wait. Oh, let's see what happens in two months. We'll see what happens in two months. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We'll go for that. Um, <laughs> we do have one more form question. It is from oh. APB. Um, she wants our thoughts on Misha Tate competing at flyweight. Hmm. I didn't really think about it. She, with Juliana Pena, now the Bantamweight champion, Misha made the decision that she didn't want to chase Bantamweight because, so, you know, Juliana Pena was, uh, or, Juliana Pena was Misha was coached by Misha Tate on the Ultimate Fighter. 
Uh huh. So I think that's, and then their friends, they both live in, they both live in the Spokane, Washington area. So I think that's kind of what's driving. It's kind of like the whole Kane Valeska's DC friendship kind of thing where DC didn't want to fight at heavyweight because Kane Valeska's was fighting at that point. And I think it was once he got the AOK from Kane, he decided to fight at heavyweight. Um, mm-hmm. But with that news on Misha Tate, they did announce that they're targeting her to make her flyweight debut against Lucky Lauren Murphy on May 14th. Of course, this will be Murphy's first fight since her title loss to Valentina Shevchenko. Um, I will be honest, I think it's a bad idea for me to take the fight at, fly, at flyweight. Because she'll be too skinny, she'll be the competition's too thick. What? Um, I couldn't think of one particular reason why. It's more of a plethora of reasons why I think it's a bad idea. Um, my one of my biggest concerns is I think the whole will she be able to get down to 120? Not, not the, uh, see that now, now thinking, let me think of this for a second. Let's, let's think this through before I say something I'm going to regret. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing. I'm worried about the whole I mean, 10 pounds isn't a whole lot, but I've seen fighters that have, haven't dropped a whole lot and they still kind of struggle with the weight cut and all that. So that's one thing that concerns me about it. And especially this is probably going to be, I think this will be her first time cutting down the flyweight. So that's another concern. And then I think the fact that she's, jumping to fight someone in the top three, top four that early, usually doesn't bode well for most fighters, especially fighters that this can be her first, her third fight coming out of retirement. This is, it, it just, especially going up against a former title, the recent title challenger, kind of skeptical about it. I, I'm skeptical about it because of who she's entering, the division that she's entering into. Right. And, and the women that she'll be fighting. Mm-hmm. I like Misha Tate. I think she's a great fighter. Is she greater than Valentina Shevchenko? The woman whose name I can't pronounce? <laughs> or Jessica Andrade? Mm-hmm. I mean, if she's if she's chasing a belt, where's she gonna jump in at? Right. My With, wonder, 
with three with three or four women no five let's go five top or let's go top six so uh -huh. top six right now valentina jessica caitlin jennifer lauren and kayla kayla she's not gonna jump in what's that who's santos? kayla oh, talia kayla santos talia talia santos, santos. Oh, yeah, I mean, she's not going to jump in the top six. Mm -mm. Although she could try to take, if she beats Lauren Murphy, she would potentially take her rank, though. And Murphy is ranked three or four right now. I think fifth, right? He might be. I right. think the most, the most recent recent rankings, I think, are, well, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to take a look real quick. I think Murphy is... I know she was three when she fought Valentina. Yeah, Lauren Murphy is third in the flyweight ring. Okay. So the top, the top six, you have Shevchenko as your title as your uh, title holder. Then it's Andrade, Jugigian, Murphy, Maya, Talia Santos, and, Santos. and then Vivian Arujo. I probably mispronounced that. Which, which would be seven. Yeah, that's your top She'd seven. Should be right seven. Yeah, so I, I just think that unless you're a Valentina or a Rose or a Zhang Wei Li, where you're in that top two position, to jump around from weight divisions mm -hmm. is sometimes asinine to me because you're starting, you're essentially starting over. Yeah, basically. And if she were to beat Lauren Murphy, she'd pretty much be right in the position that she's in right now. I think she's, Mur oh, sorry, not Murphy, Misha Tate's in the top 10. I want to say she's seventh or eighth right now. So beating Murphy would just bump you up maybe two or three spots in another division. Yeah, you're looking at two or three years to mm -hmm. maybe even be considered in a title fight. I don't know. Right. And I think the thing, too, with that is, let's say for all intents and purposes that Misha Tate goes in, is able to make the weight cut, and she beats Lauren Murphy. Good. You still have to compete with, you'll, have to, you'll get to Valentine eventually. You have mm -hmm. Caitlin Jugagian who can neutralize, who, well, other than Valentina. Well, uh, actually, with their fight, she brought the fight down. Um, Jugagian is good at keeping her distance and making sure Misha doesn't take her down. And then you've got Jessica Andrade, who just one punch to any part of your body is all it takes to fold you to the ground. Right. But if you're somehow managed to get past those two, <laughs> Valentina's no slouch. Right. So... I can understand why she's doing it because she wants to make sure Pena holds on to the belt. But especially with her last loss to Ketlin Vieira, what I think it might even take Misha Tate a while even to get up to that position to where Juliana mm -hmm. Pena is. Even I would say probably it would take about two years if she were to stay at Bantamweight. So and it kind of makes you think, like, how much longer? Because Misha Tate lost five years of her career um, when she retired. 
Mm-hmm. And so, I know, I think she's had, well, I guess she doesn't have to worry much about the whole, because she has two children now, I believe, right? So I don't think she has to worry, at least right now, about having a third kid if she wants a third kid at all, which I'm not sure where this fact. The point is, I just don't see the, I don't see the advantage that she has by switching a weight class, jumping in to face a top three fighter flyweight, just so what, that she has a quicker path to the belt. Yeah, I, yeah, right. Maybe. Or, you know, you've given up on ever getting the belt in your current division. Mm-hmm. And For so sure. instead of trying harder, <laughs> you just go someplace else, which is fine. Which is fine. Right. It's fine. And then if you think about it, Murphy's, Lauren Murphy is no slouch. Remember, she had won like five straight fights before fighting Shevchenko. She's not going to make it easy on um, Misha Tate. <laughs> Which kind of makes me want to segue. I showed you this clip earlier, but I kind of want this to be our little voice clip, potentially for any Herb Dean fight that's going to happen. Lauren Murphy, <laughs> po- Lauren Murphy posted a little clip that she said, fight news coming soon, and that she hopes Herb Dean um, refs her fight. With that said, I believe I believe the listeners should listen to this whole thing that Lauren Murphy says why it's a certain ref's fault, basically, if you're down to listening. Uh, I am down. Right. So this is what Lauren Murphy has to say. If Herb Dean were to ref and she were to savagely beat her opponent. Herb Dean's fault. Herb Dean's fault. Yeah, that's going to be our new... Anytime Herb Dean messes up, we play that clip. Yeah. (laughs) So, this is kind of indication that Murphy is preparing for her fight with Nishiti. And with what she did to that, um, that bag, ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. So I guess we're both in agreement that Misha Tate moving to flyweight is a bad idea. Yes, agreed. All right. I mean, good for her for not wanting to impact Juliana Pena's status as champion, but yeah, just 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 stay at bantam weight. Just stay at if that's what you want to tell yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe she'll go back down, depending on what happens with this fight, maybe she'll just go back down the panel. But me, I, I respect Misha, fan of hers, one of the pioneers of the sport. 
probably not the best move right now. Hmm. But that is all of our forum questions. Send us more. Good questions. Very good questions. Thank you, Cakes. Thank you, APB. Now, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now we get to our final segment, which is our first annual FKTC MMA Awards. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause. Oh, wait, we haven't announced anything yet. Not yet. Never mind. Uh, it's it's a celebration that we are celebrating our first annual awards. Huh. Huh. Um, so I figure how we go is that we each tell each other what we have for our. So here are the categories actually: fight of okay. the year, fight of the year, knockout mm -hmm. of the year. So I'm gonna stylize knockout as the FK of the year, the front kick of the year. Uh huh. The submission mm -hmm. or the TC of the year, throw cuddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, our fighter of the year, you can choose a male and a female fighter or just one, doesn't matter. Um, upset of the year, fight uh -huh. card of the year, and breakthrough fighter. I did add a couple more, but what? We'll take care of those at the end. So. Too easy. <laughs> this is too easy to pick. All right. So, as lady what is your fight of the year my fight of the year mm -hmm. was let's see what did i write down it has to be pina versus munez right oh all right Going that route, okay. <laughs> yeah. Was the upset factor that made it your fight of the night, fight of the year? Yeah, and just the the fierceness of it all. It just was nice to see these two women just tearing shit up. Right. Tearing it up. <laughs> Sadly, did not so last I gave long. It, yeah, I gave it fight of the year. All right. It was just awesome. Definitely a good good choice. Good choice. My fight of the year is going to go to... I wanted to do a five-round fight, but there wasn't one that, like, jumped out at me. So I'm going to go Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler at UFC. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Out of all the three round fights I've ever seen, that one is probably the most war battle. It was like a test of true wit between two men who just love to stand and bang. Yep. And so I don't think it needs any more explanation. So Gaethje versus Chandler is my fight of the year. Was that 268, 269? I thought it was 268. Oh, okay. I think you Oh, wait. It might have been 268. Let me think. It wasn't at 268. I'm look, I think it might have. Oh, that was too loud. <laughs> Just, <oops. laughs> Let's look. You're probably right. You're always right. No, you're right. It is 268. 
Oh, you know how I know that. Because that was my fight card of the year. Oh, all right. So yeah. let, 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 let's get right into that one. What was your fight card? Yeah. Was UFC 268. Yeah, I mean, it had Rose and Usman versus Covington. Mm -hmm. uh, Rose versus Zhang Wei Li. Marlon Vera versus Frankie Edgar, which I think Marlon Vera had a knockout on Frankie Edgar. Front kick. And, yep, a front kick. And then Burgos versus Quarantillo. Mm -hmm. Or Tillo. That was awesome. And that went all three rounds, but a unanimous decision. And then it was Gaethje versus Chandler. Yep. So that was an awesome fight card. Nice. With that said, my fight card of the year is actually going to be one that we didn't get to cover as a podcast, but we got to cover as a Twitter Spaces. That is UFC 261 between Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal, the rematch. Oh, how could I forget that one? <laughs> you had Kamara Usman. Finishing, I think it was Jorge Masvidal's first knockout loss in his career, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that was, a, and it really showed us, I think that's where I started believing, not, I had a feeling Usman was going to win, but that just kind of showed me what kind of, how skillful Kamar Usman was. That kind of made me more of a believer in what he can do. And then of course you had the Rose Namajunas head kick KO of Zhang Weili. Then you mm -hmm. had Valentina Shevchenko against Jessica Andrade, complete demolishing Andrade despite how tough she is. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was on that card. I'm not gonna look right now. The, Cause the other two were actually really decent too. Let's see, UFC 261. Oops, 261. Three title fights. Oh, yeah. That was, um, you had Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute that ended via Dr. Stoppage because Crute got hurt. I think it was like his foot that got hurt. And then you had Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. You remember how that fight ended up? Yeah, yep, yep. The grueling. Leg break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, shades of Anderson Silva. Um, then this this actually was a card that only had four decisions, and most of them came on the prelims and the early prelims. And it was where I got to witness the awesomeness of Pat Sabatini. Huh. So I think this card was awesome pretty much from top to bottom it's great that we can say this and have multiple choices oh yeah <laughs> yeah all right what is your knockout of the year oh let's see my knockout of the year my front my front kick well i couldn't decide between two but um I like Rose versus Jean Wei Lee's as far as that kick. Mm -hmm. However, when I went back and looked at it, I 
think that the Corey Sandhagen and Frankie Edgar or knocking out uh, Frankie Edgar was was probably my front kick. Oh wow, yeah, that was nice. But and yeah, I think it was was the best. All right. Um, I'll actually help you out with that because my knockout of the year was your alternative, Rose Nama Yunus's head kick KO of Zhang Wei Li. Nice. It's just the fact they came out of no, like they were pretty strategic, like nothing was going on. And then all of a sudden Rose throws that head kick out of nowhere. And I like jump out and I see like, whoa, 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 whoa. And <laughs> like, what is going on here? This is, I have no words. Yeah. It's so. like, holy forking shirt. What just happened? Exactly. What did I just witness? Like that kick came out of nowhere. Yeah. It uh, was awesome. It was. All right. What do you have for your submission of the year? For your throat cuddle of the year? Pena versus Nunez. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, what else can you say? Right. She took down the champ. She did take down the champ. In yeah, stunning fashion. Yeah, no one was expecting that one. No, not at all. So. Not at all. It was just a perfect weathering the storm the first round. Nunez was gassed out and then boom. That was it. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Amanda more than Juliana Pena, but just the fact that it's... I think I've said this before too, but in sports, one of the things that fascinates me about sports is any given day, someone can win. Right. And it's all about who's on top of their game at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. I hated to see Amanda Nunez lose, but there is also something about, oh, a, um, a person or a team that just wins so much that it becomes predictable and mm. I'm not going to say boring because I would never say that about a champion, especially right. of Amanda's nature, but it's nice to see new people win. Right. It, it, it's what lets you know that the sport is always improving. Mm -hmm. I agree. My submission of the year, I'm going to go a little of a different route. Uh, I picked Glover Teixeira's rear naked choke over Jan Blahovich. Whoa, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was going to do the Pena versus Nunes one, but I felt with the Teixeira and Blahovich fight, man, that one just put a storybook ending on an amazing career. Well, his career is not over yet, but it was when that when he sunk it in and he got the tap. I shouted, "Tashera got it done. He's finally a champion." <laughs> it was just so. It was like it's definitely my heartfelt story of the year. Glover Tashera uh -huh. finally clinched 
finally getting that belt after waiting seven years to challenge for it. And all the hard work and all the ups and downs he had to deal with. And you had definitely, you predicted that we weren't sure how Blahovich was going to handle the ground attack. And sure enough, mm-hmm. that was his big weakness. Yep. So a round of applause for Glover Teixeira getting that title. Hopefully we'll hear him getting that first title defense. I want to ask you on this one because I feel like it's going to be the same, but what is your upset of the year? <laughs> it, it could be Pina versus Nunez. I also uh, tinkered around with Cyril Gain versus Derek Lewis. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a surprising one. I mean, everybody knows Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. So I I tinkered around with that one, but I think that when you you look at it as far as dominance is concerned in the sport, you could mm-hmm. you know the odds for Nunez and Pino were so far apart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And again, just kind of. Interesting to, to see, interesting to see a champ go down. Interesting right. to know that everyone has, has a way they can be beat. Right. And what's interesting, I think that, I don't know how many episodes ago we actually talked about this, but we talked about everybody has a weakness and it just is a matter of finding it. Uh-huh. And I don't know. You know, we we also talked about how Nunez was gassed or or whatever during that fight or people say she threw the fight or or however that works out. Uh-huh. Juliana Pena still had to had to get it get it done. Right. So kudos to her. Shout out. Yep. So you're going Pena and Nunez is your upset of the year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Then there will be no more to be said because I agree with you. That is also my upset <laughs> year. It was very upsetting on many levels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was upsetting. I think a lot of MMA fans were upset that day. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think, it, yeah, no one really expected that at all. Not like, at all. I honestly thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought Nunez was going to submit Pena, not the, not Pena submitting Nunez. Like, oh, oh, this is happening. Like yeah. when, like when the when her punches weren't impacting Pena as much, and Pena was throwing it, and you could see Nunez get wobbly. Like, I stood up like, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. <laughs> and then the when the rear naked, like she, I think she like not threw her to the ground, but like. Raptor and just like kind of looked not much so much the judo through but just went yeah. down to the grounds like oh I'm like it, it, it's ending now isn't it uh-huh. sure oh enough, snap <laughs> sure enough it did so 
We are incredible. a unanimous upset of the year. Um, Maybe you need to find a new podcast partner because I think we think alike too much. <laughs> well, not always. Not always. <laughs> I think that's the only award that we agreed on. So, well, that's um, true. Um, next up is our fight of the year. I had a male and a female. I'm not sure what you had. You did. Just oh, did we already do fight of the year? Fighter of the year. Oh, fighter of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, I had two, I had a male and a female. All right, go for it. And in any year that Kamara Usman fights, he's going to be my male fighter of the year. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty predictable on that level. And then, of course, uh, I think that Pena just deserves deserves that. Uh, title maybe this year although uh valentina will always um be a serious competitor Mm -hmm. right (laughs) but but just i think that that you have to give pina credit where where she is due right she has due that she she's paid her dues Mm -hmm. I see that. Well, another unanimous because for male, I also had Kamara Usman. And then, but for female, I went a different route. I actually had Rose Nama Yunus as my female of the year. Uh, Yeah, see, I was going to do that too. So it it was was definitely like close between the two of them. Like I could have gone either route, but I think with Rose recapturing the strawweight title, the first female fighter to be a two-time champion and then to gruel out a just amazing fight that ended in a split decision victory for her although a few fans didn't quite agree with that but I could see mm-hmm. why I definitely see why Nuna not Nunes I definitely see why Naminas won that fight but I could also see mm-hmm. how Zhang Weili would have won that fight as well so I sure. wouldn't be mad at either result but just the fact that Rose climbed her way back to the top and was able to get that title back. Yeah. Th- there was no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Well, Pena was yeah. a very, very, very close second. Um, good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, our last category is Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear yours first. Okay. My breakthrough fight of the year is Brandon Moreno. Mm. Um, what was it? 20, was it 2020 happened? Oh yeah, of course it was 2020 it happened. So at the, the final card of the year, Brandon Moreno and Biggie fought for the title and it was uh, a majority draw. I think it was, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a majority draw. And so it kind of showed us to how, because if you think about Moreno, he had been cut from the UFC before, he had to fight his way back, and he managed to take down one of the, probably one of the more scarier fighters in all the UFC in terms of power, fought him to a draw, 
and then had the rematch later and just completely surprised us with how dominant he was against Figueroa, which not a lot of people have been able to find success against them. And to sink yeah. in the rear naked choke in the third round, to get a finish on Davison Figueroa, definitely a breakthrough fighter. Uh-huh. I think I think that's a good selection. I actually think that's a better choice than who um, I chose, uh, which was Cyril Gain. I just think his performance against Derek Lewis was really exceptional, Uh uh, very technical. And, and, um, you know, Derek Lewis is a big man to take out with an uppercut. Oh, yeah. And I, I expect big things from Cyril Gain in the future. But based on your reasoning, I think that Brandon Moreno is a better choice. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with uh Cyril Gon breakthrough fighter either. Yeah. Especially, especially like look and see what he's gone through. Like he's fought in pretty much the best of the best at heavyweight division, except for Francis Ganu, right. and he's passed every test with flying colors. Right. So Two very good choices for Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. And I think that's, well, that's all. I did have four little categories, and I wish I had shared them with you before you went on. And that was, wait, wait. <laughs> Gee, okay. <thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, they can be, actually, these are going to be more predictions. So with the 2022 season upon us, um, so how we did male fire of the year and female fire of the year. Is yeah. there a male fighter and a female fighter you're looking most forward to watching in 2022? <sighs> Let's see. Huh. That I'm looking forward to watching. It can be any female, it can be any fighter, whether they're holding a yeah. belt or maybe a prospect. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, I actually would like to mm. shoot. I don't know. That's a hard question because I'm trying to think of a female fighter that I really want to see advance through the rank, the the uh, ranks, mm-hmm. and I guess that I would like to see more of Zhang Wei Li. Mm-hmm. I just feel like she's on the cusp of of that belt and. Yeah, I think that's the name that first pops into my head. Okay. Is Zhang Wei Li. Um, as far as male fighters are concerned, I'm going to look through, back through my notes as a cheat sheet, cheat <laughs> sheet for that. Okay. But um, 
I did, and I can't, I'm trying to remember his name, but I did have another favorite fight. Um, uh, with, uh, let's see, Habib's guy. What was oh. his name? Um, Islam Makachev? Yes. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see yeah. him have two more fights. Okay. Good choices, good choices. I think uh, it's a decent choice, the guy choice. I mean, yeah. I think the the women's the women fighters right now, I think they're really good. I think mm. the places are kind of stagnant. Mm -hmm. Like their rankings are kind of stagnant, but I don't know. That's just my thought. That's fair. Um, no offense to them. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, my male fighter to watch this year is going to be Treshawn Gore from oh. the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, we we didn't get to see him fight. Um, get to fight in his UFC debut. I think he is set to fight early 2022. And just watching him throughout the series, I'm just very interested interested to see how far he can go in the. He's um, I think he's a middleweight, right? Huh. I think yeah, I think he's a middleweight. So. Especially with middleweight, how there's a lot of talent from top to bottom in that division. Sure. I may not look it now, but I can see a lot of pieces moving in that division. And I think he's going to be a big part of it. And I think, I want to say by the end of this year, he's going to crack the top 15. Wow. All right, then. <laughs> Uh, my female fighter to watch in 2022, I had Lupita Ganides, I'm probably mispronouncing that, as she was the lady that fought like three times in 43 days. Um, I'm gonna oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's one female fighter I really want to see fight this year, um, and that is Tatiana Suarez. We watched her fight this past year, right? She hasn't fought in since 2019. Oh, she hasn't? Yeah, she's dealt with various neck injuries that's kept her out of action. Yikes. She, I think she was supposed to fight Roxanne Modafferi next month, if I'm not mistaken. But, they had, but she had to pull out because she suffered a setback with an some kind of injury and that's how Casey O'Neill ended up getting that fight but I really want to see her like it's just a shame that her injuries have kind of derailed her career a little bit so I kind of want to see yeah. if she's going to be the same person if she comes back you're never the same after a neck injury mm -mm, not at all because your brain oh. always freaks you out oh yeah <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, yeah. Before I get into the final category, I want to say, though, my favorite fight from last year was Poirier versus McGregor 2. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Right. It was, it, it was technically the first... It was the first main event in which fans were to come back since the pandemic. And then, of course, Poirier showed that he has improved leaps and bounds. Well, maybe not leaps and bounds, but definitely more than McGregor did. So, and just that exchange and then the final punch that knocked McGregor flat on his ass was just a thing of beauty. <laughs> Agreed. Um, my, fi- my final question, though, is there, a f- if you could pick two, if you could pick two UFC fighters or two fighters from any organization, it could be boxing, it could be kickboxing, it could be anything, if you would pick two people that you want to see fight each other in 2022, who would they be? Oh, gosh. I would like to see Bud Crawford knock Conor McGregor out. I like that. (laughs) Are we predicting that Conor McGregor goes into the boxing ring? I don't even care anymore. I was going to ask you if you wanted to, if you could choose who, which fighter never fought again. <laughs> oh, which fighter never fought again? Um, well, I can think of one. It's actually not Conor McGregor, though. Um, that you don't want to fight ever again? Yeah, that I don't want to see fight ever again. Uh-huh. Who is Greg, it? Greg Hardy. Oh. <laughs> Although it's always, it, it's, I, it's fun seeing him get knocked out, though. Almost I as fun as McGregor. Gonna, yeah, I wasn't going to say McGregor either. I was actually going to say Clay Guida, but I know that I would get booed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there might be some Guida fans that come after you. I know. Oh, we could say Jake Paul. Oh, gosh. If we could go a whole year without him <laughs> fighting, that would be like maybe the best year since this pandemic hit yeah oh yeah um yeah if there was one fight though i wanted to if i want to see this here i i would have taken the cop out and said poirier versus nate diaz but i think that fight might happen anyways especially seeing no no especially seeing dustin's instagram i think it's probably gonna happen um if not in the spring probably in the summer but i want to see tony ferguson versus con mcgregor oh yeah the perfect chance for the boogeyman to get back into the win column and knock and put a beating on mcnuggets oh nice I'm so upset that fight never happened but now it's actually the perfect time for that fight to happen especially 
if Dustin's gonna be fighting Nate, yo, let Ferguson take a crack at McGregor. Nice. I'm actually gonna look real quick. I wanna see where they're ranked as far as how far apart they are. I don't think they're too far apart from each other. Oh, yeah, perfect. Tony Ferguson is seventh in the lightweight rankings, and Conor McGregor is ninth in the flyweight rankings. So, what a perfect time to have that fight. Nice. Let's do it. Go! <laughs> but, with all that said, I believe that is all we have for this evening. That's it? For this episode, at least. Might try to cover yes. some... I, I understand that there were some fights that were announced, but we can try to announce those within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Because this is more yeah. of us returning from our hiatus, letting you know how we're doing and getting all the good stuff out of the way. I'm, I'm broken, but I'm good. <laughs> we will be back next week because next week is our first pay-per-view of the year. So in the meantime, if you have any questions, either voice questions or Twitter questions, or you have any suggestions, or you have any pressing thoughts, or if you just want to shoot the breeze, you can reach us at our podcast Twitter at FKTCPod, or you can reach us both individually at, or I should say, you can find Laurel at Rain Basin. Especially if you want to look at that x-ray of her foot. And then you can reach me, even though I have anything as interesting as an x-ray <laughs> at TieFlyGuy15. Um, I think that's it. I think that was it for our intro. For our outro. With the, All right. Um, next weekend's card is Nganu versus Gain, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, oh, we also have Biggie versus Moreno three on that card. So, mm. oh, wait, no, no, I think that, wait, I think that fight might have actually got moved. Let me double check. Uh, just look at the lineup now while we're thinking about it. Nope, nope, I'm right. It is Biggie and um, Moreno are on that card too. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> I just want to take a look real quick. Um, I hate to say it, but looking at the main card itself, the title parts are the only ones that are very interesting. Huh. The, rest, the rest of the card is eh. Yeah, the rest of the card is really eh. I mean, there's a couple known fighters on the prelims, but other than that, it's eh. Mm -hmm. which, which is sad but I think yeah. everyone's just going to be tuned into the two title fights because they're both very interesting yeah 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 I get it and because it is a pay-per-view uh it'll be a pay-per-view podcast we are going to potentially have a special guest next week oh 
I love special guests. <laughs> I think it's one that is very familiar with all the heavyweight fighters. So we get to pick his brain a little bit. Ah, nice. So with that said, get in your questions and come back next week for our next episode. But until then, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks, even though she can only kick one foot right now. And <laughs> protect your necks from my throat cuddles. And Laurel, what is our number one golden rule? Never leave the decision in the hands of the judges. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And until then, we will see you all next week. Hey, goodbye.